Blog Talk Radio. Paperback Writer. of you new listeners, welcome to Recipe Records Radio Show. I am your host, Lena Stagg, broadcasting live from Evansville, Indiana, down at the southern tip of Indiana, across from Kentucky. It is a beautiful day, a little chilly, but it is beautiful. I hope that all of you enjoyed a fabulous Thanksgiving holiday and were able to eat a lot of delicious foods. I know I did. I am welcoming a wonderful author on the show today. His name is Donovan Day. He is the author of Get Back, Imagine Saving John Lennon. It is a fabulous novel and I have been pouring over the pages and truly enjoying it. And he's going to be joining us In just a couple of minutes, I would like to mention a couple of things to you. If you are still looking for more recipe ideas for the holidays, you have come to the right place. You have to go onto my website, recipe-records-cookbook.com, and choose one of those books for your recipe ideas for the holidays. There are lots of choices. Uh, I recently was... Uh, featured on a website called allmusicbooks.com. They have a page for their blog. And if you go on there, you can read some of the recipes I had submitted for Thanksgiving. The There's pictures. The actual recipe is printed. And you can um, enjoy those with your family. I made all of those items for Thanksgiving, and it was wonderful. And there were not any leftovers. So check out my website. You can also check out my blog, which is rockblocks3.blogspot.com. I am on Facebook at Recipe Records Cookbook. You have to send a friend request. And also on Twitter at Recipe Records. I'm also on Twitter at Lena Stag. I get um, follows from Skip's Beer Pong Garage and every other place around the world. So I would love to have you follow me, and I would love to follow you. So uh, check it out. You can also find information on my website about the new book that I just got in a week ago. It's called Little Dog About Town, and it is the second in my Little Dog book series. So it's great fun, and you can find that at my store at RecipeRecordsCookbook.com. So I want to get our guest 
lined up on the show today. I'm a one-woman radio show here, so I'm trying to um, maneuver all of these things. If you would love to call in and talk with Donovan or ask him a question, please, please do so. The guest call-in number is 602-753-1768. And uh, you can also find other radio shows that, that I've done in the past. I've done all kinds of radio shows, and I have a lot coming up. And uh, Blog Talk Radio has a list. And uh, if you have suggestions for future shows, please send me an email. At, um, you can find my, send me an email at ml at aol.com. So I am very, very honored to have this terrific guest on today, and I thank Nicole at 910 Public Relations for arranging this interview. Donovan Day is joining us from New York City, and he's going to chat about his new book, Get Back, Imagine Saving John Lennon. And it's, it was released in a very timely manner as we are reflecting on the 35th anniversary of the death of John Lennon. So this book is a, a nostalgic novel, and it'll it'll take you away to the world of the Beatles, but it has the charm of modern. It's, writ, it's written in twenty thousand in the year two thousand fifteen. So I'm getting a little tongue tied here. So it's uh, a delightful fan fiction novel, and I think all of the listeners for the Recipe Records Radio Show will enjoy it. I have really, really loved it. Okay, I am trying to see if I can get connected. Hello, Donovan, are you there? I am here, Elena. How are you? Can you hear me? I'm terrific. Good, good. I'm here. I'm here. It was good to hear about all the things you have going on there, including uh, how Skip's Beer Pong Hole follows you on Facebook. That's pretty funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Skip's Beer Pong Garage. Garage. No even even yes. better. Even yes, better. yes. I'm, I'm, I'm very intrigued. I might tell you. I, I, I really don't know what that's all about. But um, yeah, Twitter's an interesting animal for me. But um, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on the show sure. and chat about your book. So obviously, you're a Beatles fan, and, and I'm wondering, oh, yeah. do you have a favorite Beatles song? I mean, it's really difficult to choose one, but. Right, if you could choose right, one, right. what would be your favorite well, Beatles song? I, I I think mine is probably what the same as a lot of people. It's uh, A Day in the Life from Sgt. Pepper. So uh, I think that's my favorite. Um, but it, it's because I think that's sort of their masterpiece and, um, you know, really uh, cemented their reputation in, in some way. You know, there's something magic about that song. It's kind of heavy, actually. But um, it's funny, I always right. ask people the same question about, like, what is their favorite Beatles song? And somebody, some woman recently told me, Things We Said Today was her favorite Beatles song. And I thought, wow, that's a song I hardly ever think about, Things We Said Today. But I listened to it again, and it's a great song. Completely different from A Day in the Life, though. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like to hear what, what um, other people like, and, and, and I also like to know who their favorite beetle was and uh i think i think it is just interesting to get the perspective of of other beetle lovers mm-hmm. but um sure well tell us 
a little bit about how you came up with the idea for for your book. I I I've read that it was maybe not even one or two, but like several number nine dreams that you had. <laughs> well, I, I I really actually it was it was one one dream, but I mean it it uh, I'd been doing uh, research on the Beatles and reading a lot about them for some something else I was doing, and one night I I, I guess about two years ago I had this dream that I was uh, jamming with the Beatles, that I was in the studio with mm-hmm. them, and I uh, I play a little guitar badly and. Uh, I, I had this dream that I was sitting, they let me sit in with them, and they kind of knew I was from the future, and we chatted about this and that, about digital music, and, you know, I showed them my, you know, smartphone and things like that, and, and then, you know, wow. they asked me a lot about the future, and then at one point, John Lennon said, well, what happens to me? You know, what, what what's going to happen to me in the future? And mm-hmm. I, in the dream, I just couldn't answer him, like I froze up, and I thought, wow, I mean, I just can't be the one to tell him what happens to him and you know in the dream you know dreams are dreams and like in the dream I just he kept started shaking me and said you know tell me tell me what happens to me what happens to me and then I just woke up you know but it was it was such a vivid dream that it stuck with me and I started thinking wow well what what if you know you could go back in time and save John you know uh, would you right. could you what would happen if you did you know all that kind of stuff so um it was fertile enough an idea that i uh was able to turn it into a novel and um park slope publishing was kind enough to put it out uh, as a paperback and ebook and you know you could buy it on amazon or barnes and nobles or anywhere online so it's available but it, i i uh, it's a time travel book it's a time travel book about a couple of uh, teenagers who um you know you know have a magic ipod and there's a little bit more than just a magic ipod they can time travel with the ipod and because uh, the the male in the book uh, the teenage guy lenny has had a concussion something's happened to his head and combination of what happened to his head and the magic ipod they're able to time travel and have all sorts of adventures well it's very uh, um very intriguing storyline and i've i've loved reading about the ipod nano because that is like almost um you know an Uh, an anachronism now right yeah it's like a it's like a rotary phone right um, right. I still have mine, I must say, but I'm never going to let it go. But um, I am personally someone who really is not into science fiction, mm-hmm. but I didn't find your your the way you told the story, it didn't feel like science fiction at all, even though it is a is a scientific theory. But it um, it it just reads so smoothly, and and I was instantly hooked. But um, the the iPod Nano uh, hook is is extremely interesting. Right, thanks. So in the book, yeah, Donovan, um, Donovan uh, Lenny is the name <laughs> of the main character in the book, and Lenny um, gets this uh, iPod from he gets his guitar stolen because he's. For one reason or another, you'll have to read the book to find out. But he gets his guitar stolen, and his grandfather um, sort of uh, gives him his his the grandfather gives him his own iPod Nano, which is loaded with songs from the 60s and 70s, as a way of making up for him losing his guitar. And um, 
And, you know, as far as, like, science fiction goes, time travel, of course, is uh, theoretical, and I guess that's the only science fiction aspect of the book. I mean, the rest of the book is, you know, straight ahead. It's a young adult novel. Um, there's no aliens or anything like that. When I think science fiction, I think a lot of people think of other worlds and aliens and that kind of stuff. And... Um, you know, I, I like science, some science fiction, but but in this case, it's all about time travel, and time travel is so intriguing, right? I mean, oh yeah, uh, if if only, you know, if only we could, mm-hmm. you know, what, what would we do? What would we be able to do? And uh, and, and you know, as Lenny goes about his adventures, you know, he he accidentally time travels back once and meets James Taylor, and and then you mm-hmm. know when he realizes he can do it. Um, his girlfriend, whose name is Yoko, by the way, uh, and, and has a connection to the Beatles through the real Yoko in the book, uh, his girlfriend Yoko says to him, well, why don't we just go back and meet the Beatles? You know, of all people we're going to meet, forget about James Taylor and all the rest that we meet. Let, let's just go see the Beatles. And so that's what they do. And um, and and they go back and the Beatles are as charming as ever in the book, and uh, and they become friends with them. They hang out with them while going back and forth in time, um, until they get to that point where they have to decide what to do about uh, John Lennon's uh, assassination. What what to do? That's the crux of the book, because the subtitle right. is "Imagine Saving John Lennon." So, right. Well, you know the the book is you know, a fictional tale. However, you have, you know, numerous accurate Beatles and other historical events written into the story. Mm-hmm. And I I can't imagine how much research you did uh, to, you know, combine with your story. How long did it take you to research and, um, and write it? Well, you know, like I said, I was doing Beatles research when I had the dream, it was for some other project that never got off the ground. So um, I, I, you know, I didn't know that much personally about the group. I, I knew their music, but um, I decided I decided just to start reading books about them. You know, and I read uh, Peter Brown's book, um, "The Love You Make," I think it's called. Yeah, "The Love You Make," and Peter Brown was uh, John Lennon's uh, best man at his wedding, and he was sort of the right hand man of Brian Epstein, and who was the Beatles' manager, and uh, I even went to see Peter mm-hmm. Brown. He's in New York, and uh, he wow. was kind enough to meet me, and uh, he lives in, uh, here's a little story for you. So Peter Brown, who uh, is mentioned in the Ballad of John and Yoko, he's mentioned in that song, um, and he mm-hmm. also was like the right-hand, he was the Beatles' go-to guy once Brian Epstein died. He was the guy who would get things done, like if they needed a car or needed something you know, mm-hmm. tangible, they would call up Peter Brown. So he's still alive, and he lives um, on Central Park West in a building just just north of the Dakota apartment building. And everybody knows the Dakotas mm-hmm. where John and Yoko live. The Yoko still lives there, and that's where um, John got murdered in the doorway. But uh, Peter Brown lives one ha- one building up from there, called in a place called the Langham. And I went up there, and uh, it was an October afternoon a couple of years ago, and the sun was streaming through the uh, the trees, and it's be- it was just beautiful, and you could, you know, see into Central Park. And he said to me, you know, th- I'm the reason. He said that this is that John Lennon lived in the in the Dakota, which is the next building, one building down. He said he was here at this time of day. He was he saw the beauty of Central Park, and he said to me. Um, 
you know, are there any build, are apartments available in this building? And, uh, you know, he, Peter Brown checked, and there were not. So uh, Lennon went downstairs with Yoko, and he walked to the next building, which was the Dakota. And he went in there and said, are there any apartments available here? And, indeed, there was a studio available. So that's how they wound mm-hmm. up in the Dakota, and they wound up uh, buying that studio and then, uh, you know, many more apartments that they combined I think, you know, cool. it's funny, it's hard to believe that the Dakota, which, you know, I think Lauren Bacall just sold her apartment there for like, I think, $24 mm-hmm. million. You know, it, it at one time, no one wanted to live there. <laughs> wow. At one, t- at one time in New York, there's a story that goes around that they couldn't give away an apartment because there was so much wow. maintenance involved with the building. They would have given it to somebody for free. But... um but anyway, so as you can imagine, I'm sort of steeped in all this Beatle uh, factoids. And, and uh, by the way, the best Beatle book I've ever read is uh, Here, There, and Everywhere um, by the Beatle sound engineer Jeff Emmerich. And if you Beatle fans out there want to read a, uh, an account of how the group made each song that they, that they put, the, put on record, I mean, he's the guy. I mean, Jeff Emmerich was like a 15-year-old intern when the Beatles first walked in the door to, e- to uh, I guess it was EMI or Parlophone, and uh, and he stick- stuck with them through the White Album where he quit in disgust. But his tales of like the infighting, infighting and love uh, between the band members is really something to read. It's a great book. Ah, ah I, yeah. I have that on my list of of reads, but uh, <laughs> time yeah. never seems to, to be there one day. <laughs> you have a lot but, to do. Yeah, you know? I yeah. definitely want to uh, check his book out, too. But, well, you know, in a lot of novels, the author will um, sort of add their personality to one of the characters, and I'm wondering, are there hints of your personality written into the character of Lenny? Yes, <laughs> of course. Because uh, yeah, I mean, because well, first of all, Lenny is a guitar player. So the the good thing I did for Lenny is that he's a very good guitar player, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. So I, I only wish I could play like just pick it up, pick up any Beatles songs by just picking up the, you know, picking listening to the record and picking it up. But I can't do that. But Lenny has more musical ability than I do, and he, uh, you know, Lenny's a 17 year old kid in the book, and. Uh, and he does time travel back with uh, his girlfriend Yoko, and um, yeah, so he's he's sort of my alter ego, I guess. I guess you would say, right. yeah. <laughs> well, um, I I know that people can follow you on Twitter and Facebook, sure. yeah. and I have seen a lot of pictures of young readers holding your book, and yeah. so. So any listeners out there, you know, get Donovan's book and get your picture and uh, get it onto right. Twitter for right. uh, Donovan. Yeah. yeah, and Facebook. And yeah. it it's not a book just for females. It's very interesting for males as well. And sure. any, yeah. uh, if you have a daughter or a niece or a grandson that um, is, has an interest in the Beatles, they will love this book for Christmas. And I'm guessing there's still time 
to get copies of the book oh, before sure, Christmas. Sure. Plenty of time, plenty of time. You know, with Amazon uh, or Barnes and Noble these days, you can practically get it the next day. I mean, it's it's not well, a lot of stores because we have a small publisher, but you know, online you could get it like in a day, and uh, you know, and, you know, I'd always be happy to autograph it for anybody who wants that. They just find me on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, I'm I'm available there, and I would sign it if anybody wants that. Um, one other thing about the book I should say is that you know it's fun to it's not only imagining what would happen. I mean, the big adventure in the book is when you know Lenny goes back to confront uh, John's assassin, Mark David Chapman, and what happens then. And uh, just to give you a little hint of what's the what's to come if you but read the book, there is a section where you find out what would happen if John had lived. You know, I mean he mm-hmm. he'd be 75 now. We know his birthday just passed. He'd be 75 now, and the book is written in 2015. And um, so it's fun to think what might happen. I don't I I don't think the Beatles would ever have gotten back together, although they had that brief thing around the anthology period where they did but i think that was mainly because john was dead and uh i don't think they they'd ever really get back together but i i firmly believe that john and paul would have uh, written more songs together i really do and uh i think they were at the point when john died that there was still a lot of bitterness between them you know because of maybe their respective wives and just the way the financial matters were concerned with the beatles but i think you know once they once people once they got over that hump if john had just lived a, a longer i think that would have passed and and i think they would have started writing songs again and so i in the book i speculate that they would have had a a, a super hit album called john and paul and uh with a bunch of number one singles and I also wonder if John would still be married to Yoko. <laughs> uh, right. You know, I, I guess I'm not a, a huge Yoko fan. I'm not. Um, and, I gathered uh, that in the book, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not a huge Yoko fan. And, uh, you know, she's a good businesswoman, and John loved her and all that, but I, I always felt, you know, that she was the one who kept them apart from writing again. Um, mm-hmm. So in the book, you know, John is divorced from Yoko. Hey, it's my book, right? I can do what I want. So in the book, right. in the future, when he when he does live in the book at, in one section, you know, he's back writing songs again with Paul, and he's divorced from Yoko, and... Um, and he has a new wife. He, uh, you know, he has affairs with a number of women like Madonna and people like that. But uh, he has a new wife, and I think you're going to have to read the book to discover who the new wife is. <laughs> That's just very thing. juicy. Very, very yes. juicy. <laughs> he, does get, he does get married again. He does get married again. I also like to play in the book with the idea that you know every time travel book, exp- you know. Uh, gets obsessed with the idea that you cannot change the past. And how do we know? How does anybody know you can't change the past? I mean, we we kind of take that for, uh, you know, we accept that fact that, oh, you can never change the past. Well, in this book, you can change the past. <laughs> you know, again, it's my book, and you can, and you can, well, and you can change the past in this book. And, you know, another one of the characters who winds up living living much longer in the book is Jim Morrison of The Doors. Uh, Donovan goes back in time and winds up you know, doing something that, you know, extends uh, Morrison's life. And uh, he, he he winds up being still alive in 2015. So, um, you know, things I, I like to play with different ideas and, um, 
you know, I say why not? If you're going to do time travel and that's a uh, far-fetched idea, why can't you change the past? I say let's change the past. I say <laughs> so, go. too. You're yeah, the writer, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I love why it. not? You know? I love yeah. it. Well, do you have any plans for a second book? Um, that's an interesting question. I don't know if I'm going to like extend the Lenny, uh, Lenny idea with this. Uh, I do have plans for a second book. I, I'd like to uh, write a ghost story. I'm, I'm uh, mm-hmm. thinking about a ghost story in my mind. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just about to, you know, I think you have to sit down. I think you have to think a lot before you write. That's my theory. I think, I can't just sit. I, once I sit, once I have an idea in front of me, like I had this dream and I had this John Lennon idea, I can sit down and write. But I need the idea first. I need to have a feeling, and I need to think about it a long time. Like how? All right, I have a ghost story. Well, who's the ghost? And well, in my new book, it's going to be a, a woman, and the, the, the woman who. Um, you know, and and who will be able to see her? Who will know something about her? And you know, that's that's so. I'm toying with the idea of having um, a, a, you know, no one can see her, right? But what if there was a blind person who could hear her? What if there was a guy who could just mm. who could hear her where nobody else could hear her, but his hearing is so acute that he could hear her? So that's uh, the beginning of uh, my idea for the next book, um, and we'll see where it goes. But that's that's uh, very you know. Very you intriguing. Gotta you gotta always think, you know. You gotta think. I gotta think first before I sit down and start writing it out, because uh, writing is tough. And uh, you know, I don't want to make anybody think writing is easy. It's it's fun, and uh, I love it. But it, it, it writing fiction is a tough tough thing. Oh yeah, it definitely is. And I, I am similar to you. I, I get inspired by a lot of. Uh, what I dream about, or, you know, if I'm really worrying about um, a certain thing, topic I need to write about, generally, if I sleep overnight, I wake up the next morning and the words seem to be there. So That's great. Very, very um, interesting way yeah. how your how your brain works. My my brain seems to work when I'm asleep. <laughs> so yeah. I guess that's the moral of the story. <laughs> well, you know, God, um, God knows the uh, Beatles wrote any number of songs uh, about waking up and uh, dreaming, you know, especially John, you know. You know, right. uh, you know what, was the, what was the lyrics? Uh, Turn off your mind, relax, and float downstream. You know, it's right. only dreaming, you know, it's only dreaming. and Or uh, yeah. wake up in the morning, you know, there's all these. Because when you think about it, they didn't have real jobs, you know. I mean, they sat around a lot, and I, you know, we know they did drugs, and you know, they they had a lot of women, and um, but you know, they 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 sat around a lot. I mean, you wind up having a, you know, and I think they had time to be creative, had let the creative juices flow, and whether, you know, on a, as a sidelight, I remember a story where Keith Richards uh, said how he wrote uh, Gimme Shelter, which is one of the greatest rock and roll songs ever. He said he was just like looking out a window in a rainstorm and he saw a guy with an umbrella. And uh, the words Gimme Shelter came <laughs> to him. And that's, I mean, wow. that's how creativity works. I mean, I guess right. the, trick, the trick is knowing you're a creative. We're all creative people, but like some people can, like, capture the story or capture the song or the lyric or the title or the turn of phrase 
better than others can. And I, I, I think, right. like, I think people, I think writers and songwriters should keep notebooks. And you know, when you when you hear a certain phrase that like catches your ear, you should write it mm-hmm. down because you never know when that when that little turn of phrase is going to make it into something much larger. You know, um, exactly. You just don't know. I mean, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just reading a Carly Simon memoir, and it's the same thing with her. I mean, you know, she has that great lyric in You're So Vain about clouds in her coffee. And it just mm-hmm. turned out that a photographer was sitting next to her on a plane and said, oh, look, there are cl- the clouds were reflecting, from the outside were reflecting into her cup of coffee. He said, oh, look, there are clouds wow. in your coffee. And so she wrote it down, and it became uh, a lyric in one of her lyric. biggest songs ever. <laughs> that's that's super cool. That's super cool. Yeah. I do love in your book how you um go back and mention all of you know, a number of seventies rock stars and James Taylor and Carly Simon. In fact, as I was reading it I was like, Hmm, I gotta see if I can find that picture of of James Taylor and Carly Simon and their children. <laughs> so, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I really, en- really enjoyed that. And and uh, the female character in the book, Yoko, mm-hmm. um, you and or uh, Lenny and Yoko mm-hmm. uh, played several songs uh, in the subway, and they played some. Uh, I think Lenny played Bob Dylan, and uh-huh. and. Uh-huh. Um, he was playing Imagine Dragons first, I guess, and, and Yoko <laughs> right, said, right. "It's well, you know, let's take it back." And so they sang uh, some old hippie songs. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I enjoyed that. It was that very good. And so I, I have to Thanks. say that the book is for not just young uh, young adults. It's it's for older adults as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, all ages. Yeah, I, think, well, I think boomer. I think definitely. boomers would get a big kick out of baby boomers because you know they have firsthand knowledge of uh, the Beatles and all those the James Taylor and the Doors and other people I mentioned in the book. Um, but um, but there but like you know there are certainly youngsters who love the love the Beatles and got it from their parents and grandparents. In the book, Lenny Lenny gets it from both his grandparents and his mother. Um, and, uh, you know, Lenny's sort of, uh, at some point in the book is a brat. And, uh, the thing that pulls him out of his, uh, bratty teenage years is learning to play the guitar. And, uh, I dare say he's not the only, uh, <laughs> you know, bratty teenage boy that happened to, you know, <laughs> right? You know, it, it could happen, it happens to a lot of us, but, uh, well, you and know, music saves some people. It um, does. It does. It probably saved the Beatles. <laughs> Who knows what oh, happened to them? Oh, absolutely. You know? Oh, I, I yeah. agree, definitely. Especially John. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're working class lads from uh, northern England and Liverpool. You know, London has really looked down on people from Liverpool. It really did at the time. Right. And, um, you know, they probably wouldn't have gone too far in that sort of society that had a lot of classes uh that exist, um, but you know they had that magic. I, I I truly believe the Beatles were magic. I mean, there was just something about John and Paul coming together. I mean, they were a perfect combination, um, opposites in some ways, but really good for each other in almost every other way. Um, right. As you as you see in the book, you know. 
Right, right. Yeah, there was there was a line in the book that you wrote about how, um, wait, or maybe you already said this, John needed to be, um, <laughs> John needed uh, someone to um, push him. Uh, mm-hmm. That wasn't the exact word. But, um, you know, and... Um, and Paul needed you know, a hard edge, you know. You know, and, uh, and right, right. Paul no, I did read it in your book. And, yeah, and he was very. Paul was very melodic, and and John was very more rough and tumble. But you know, John was the rocker, and uh, you know, Paul too to a certain extent. But um, I think Paul wrote beautiful music, beautiful lyric, and John wrote powerful lyrics, and they were just a great combination in almost every way. And George learned yeah. at their feet, right? George became a great songwriter. I think partially by just being around them. <laughs> it was almost like biosmosis, right. you know. Right. Um, I, exactly. He had a first he had a front row seat to see how the magic worked and uh, it rubbed off on him. I mean, something is a great song, a beautiful song. Um right. uh, while my guitar gently weeps is a beautiful song and uh and um he he got he 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 didn't have the gene naturally, I don't think, but he sort of right. uh, he learned, it. you know, yeah, they 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 were uh, astute teachers, even though they weren't really, you know, specifically trying to teach him. He was he was picking it up. He was the youngster, and uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, he still had like that drive. Easy. He didn't he didn't yeah. want everybody to uh, overlook him because right, he felt right. like he had something to to give to the mix too, and obviously he sure. did. So. Yeah, he's in the book too, and Ringo, and Ringo's a big partier in the book, and I think as he was in real life, a great dancer. Yeah. And uh, Jimi Hendrix is in the book, and you know Keith Richards, Mick Jagger, and a whole bunch of others. It's a, right. it's a fun, as the critics have called it a fun read, witty, intelligent, a brilliant premise. So I'll take all of that, and I hope uh, your listeners um, buy it. <laughs> now, I concur on all counts. I think it's delightful, and I think um. Everyone that that follows my my stuff, they would love this too. This is right up their alley. So everybody, check it out. It uh, is on Amazon. Donovan Day is the author's name, and Get Back: Imagine Saving John Lennon is the name of the book. Follow him on Twitter and Facebook, and um, send him messages and buy his books. So. <laughs> All right, Donovan, we are out of time. So thank you so much. It was a charming conversation. I'm so glad thank that you. you were able to, to join me today. Happy to do it, and I appreciate you having me on. All right. Well, take care, and happy right. have a happy holiday. You too. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, bye everyone. Recipe Records is food for thought, food for the soul, food for the love of rock and roll. Paperback, right, right.